Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mosley. As always, thanks for tuning in. This week, we're talking big business. We're talking building rapid business, and I'm talking that with Jason Gerdner. He's the CEO of Tacobi, a seven-figure plus and growing Facebook and text marketing campaign company. He's really at the front of the learning curve, but you know what? He's had a long history building, selling, training staff on how to implement advertising software and really working to build businesses. Some of the highs, some of the lows, we're going to talk about them today. Jason, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Corey. So, Jason, you're, you're a real interesting guy. I, I've been spending some time getting to know you over the past year. Your technology is great, but you're, you're living and breathing the deal. You're not only really selling and having the sales skill, but you've really got this programming, uh, a kind of hardcore programming background also. Tell our listeners just a little bit about you so we can kind of build a frame to get into some of your entrepreneurship advice and experiences. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I, I believe I was born to be a salesperson. Like everyone else, I went through multiple jobs trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And the day that I picked up a phone and started selling it, it was very clear to me that that was what I was meant to do. I've always primarily always sold software of some shape or form. I just, I guess I'm in that generation where software has really, you know, become an integral part of our life. So I'd say it's probably a decade ago, I decided to uh, leave a job that I was making a lot of money at and start my own business for the first time and quickly went from a pretty substantial income to a, a, a very bad income, low income. Okay. Um, and I decided to take that time to teach myself. One of my friends helped me, but most of it was me taking the time to educate myself uh, using Google uh, how to build software because I wanted to, number one, be able to find solutions and build solutions to problems and then have something that, that I believed in wholeheartedly to sell uh, because I believe that excellent sales ability comes from your belief in that product and how much belief you put behind it. So I wanted to be able to build it so that I knew I could believe 110% behind the product and not have uh, decision makers above me that were making decisions I didn't believe in and put doubt in my, in my head and affect my sales ability. So when you made the decision, let's talk about Tacobi now, your most successful company to date. Yes. Uh, it's almost there. I, I mean, I, in the early, before 2007, before the subprime market fell out, we, I had built a direct mail company that was 20 or 30 million a year in revenue. Mm. This year with Tacoby, we're going to be at five. Um, but I expect next year we should surpass that 20 to 30 mark. So you've got obviously big goals that you set for the, for the company. I do. So when you, so let's talk about this for a second. So you went from this 20, $30 million business, right? Uh, yes, these sir. revenues, direct mail, the market crashed. 
Yep. So everybody felt that in different ways. So how did that affect the business? Did you have to wind down? Did it just implode? Um, unfortunately, I left that uh, direct mail company that I was working for, mm. I don't know, probably six to eight months before the market crashed. Okay. So my first experience in entrepreneurship was six to eight months of growth. And then all of a sudden the market crashed and just got slapped in the face. Um, and that's why I had a pretty rough year that first year is because it, I just couldn't control the economy. And what I was doing at the time was in the subprime market. So, you know, lower credit scored customers financing vehicles. And when that crashed, it just destroyed my first company. I, I mean, honestly, I kind of gave up in my heart and went back mm. and started working with other people again, just because that scared the bejeebies out of me. And, right. uh, uh, you know, that it, it was a pretty tough lesson. Um, but I mean, it, I did, when I left the direct mail company, it was still cranking full speed. And it was six to eight months after that, the, the market crashed. So you're dealing with this issue, market crashes, you've, you're trying to find your way there. You want to give it another go, right? You, you've got all these things going on. You've got to think about employees. How are you going to set up? How are you going to get all yeah. this stuff done? Where's the money come from? You know, uh, and I went, those are big. I, what I did is I went the next, uh, because that first company, it did okay, but it ultimately failed because it was subprime based. Um, mm -hmm. So what I did is I, I was scared and I actually got a partner in the next, in the next venture. Um, okay. which I, in hindsight, I should have never done. I should have just, you know, taken the, taken the hard road and, you know, did what I had right. to do to make it successful, uh, because that right. partnership didn't, didn't end the best. Um, mm. and, uh, but I was scared. I mean, the, I started my own business and the market crashed and it put me in a bad spot. So I kind of went backwards because I wasn't a complete employee again, but I was also a partner with someone that didn't understand what my vision was. So let's talk about partnerships for a minute, because I think that's important. A lot of people think about strengths, right? They think about yin and yang. I, I know people who work very well together um, as outside partners, husband and wife teams. You know, my wife works for my organization. I know uh, you work with your significant other also in, in your organization. When you think about partnerships, a lot of people go, oh, you know what? So-and-so and I get together, you know, we get along so well, we should start a business together. <laughs> and, 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 they found out, and they find out it's a big train wreck. What, what are some of the things partnerships do work, but what are some of the things you think people should be considering if they're thinking about starting a business with their best friend or their spouse or that type of thing? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing to avoid is getting into a partnership simply because the other person has money. Um, mm. I think that there has to be a equal contribution during the entire partnership. Otherwise, it starts to t deteriorate when the money that the person brought in no longer is needed. So once a company grows large enough that that initial investment is kind of lost and that additional partner is not contributing on a regular basis as much as you are, um, right. just like with any other partnership at home, you've got to have contribution from both sides. And it's the same way in business. I mean, if you, if you end up in a partnership where you feel like one end's not contributing, you start to gain animosity, even though it's not, you know, it's not something you're trying to do. It's just something you can't avoid when right. you're working hard and you're putting in 15 hours and the person that's making the same or more than you on that effort isn't doing that same amount. I mean, of right. course they gave you money to start, but you know, with time, everything's forgotten. 
I mean, you can, you can have major problems in your life and five years later, you can barely remember having those problems. That's uh, right. So even a, even an initial investment from a, from a partner can be forgotten when, when it's no longer needed. So let me ask you this. So do you think a lot of times people go in, because I think the, the, the conversation in your mind is if we go in partnership, now it's equity, nothing from nothing right now is nothing. Right. So, you know what, if I'm going to, if you're going to loan, if you're going to bring a hundred thousand to business, well, let's just go 50, 50. Then I don't have to worry about the 8% finance for, I don't have to worry about going into bank and hoping they loan me money, which most of them will not unless you know, you're putting up your home or, or, and we'll talk about some creative financing that I think we've both experienced uh, in, in building our business over the year in a second. But do you think people default to that? So, so they don't have the burden. And then what, what happens is you live to regret that when, when what you said, you know, kicks in. I mean, now, because I've done both ways. I mean, originally when I started businesses, the first one or two of them, it was with partners because they could invest. Mm -hmm. And now I've actually, this business, we've taken out business loans that do have uh, interest that we pay on them. And I've, you know, originally when I, before I'd ever taken out a business loan, I don't know what the fear was. I can't put my finger on it. Um, because honestly, the business loan has been much less stressed than the partnership um, right. and, and less costly. And believe it or not, that first business partner that I had, we're better friends than we are partners. And he also, you know, I've reached out to him for support since I started this company. And I was talking to him about, should I take a, a monetary partner or should I take a loan? And he, even right. he agrees, you know, take a loan, it's going to be cheaper than any partnership that you get in. Let me ask you a question. Would you agree that that is also part of knowing yourself, though, too? That is you also know, part I've had of people, knowing yourself. I've had people call me, friends, guys I've known for a long time. Hey, we should partner on this. Why don't we start this company together? And, you know, my statement is always, especially if I know them. And it's not about, you know, we, we, had a, we were having a conversation on Facebook about ego the other day. Not so much an ego, right? But you use the word vision. I would use the word vision. In a lot of times. Yeah. So if the visions are different, what will happen is once you, and tell me if you agree with this, what will happen is once those visions collide, somebody's got to win and the more dominant person will, will win in, in a lot of instances, but that may not be the right road to go down. Yeah, I, I think that dominance to some point, it's, I think it's probably more the, the person with the most leverage um, because business sure. is all about having leverage. And I think when your visions collide and you disagree on certain aspects of where you should go, uh, someone's going to have more leverage and they're going to use that leverage. I mean, that's just the way business is, is, you know, you make up your mind and you have a vision and you want that vision to come true. And everyone has that. I mean, your partner's going to have that. You're going to have that. You're both going to have vision. So having a, an equal vision is very, very important. You got to take some time to get to know someone completely and thoroughly. And I, I think we jump into partnerships where there's an investor because of the, you know, kind of like the weight loss pill, you know, easy right. route that, you right. know, we're right. conditioned you as I don't know if it's Americans I've only I've never really traveled traveled internationally but in America it seems to be a, a pretty big problem where uh, and, and I fall victim to it as well and I think right. that you know part of growing past that is having that um, self-awareness to realize that you're falling for this and I think that's why we jump into these partnerships too early is because we want that easy now 
you know, I want it to happen now kind of, kind of road, which initially it may seem great, but if your visions collide and you get down the road and that person has more leverage on you, you're going to find yourself in a bad position. You may lose right. a friend, you may lose a family member. I mean, it's, it, it'll put you in a position where you can lose as opposed to gain. So, you know, I think one of the things, you know, with, with entrepreneurship, right, is true entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs, there's never a shortage of ideas, right? There's always ideas. There's always, you see a problem, you want to fill it. Now, you know, that causes us guys, you know, guys and gals like us to spread ourselves thin sometime, go in some different directions. You know, you saw an opportunity while you were building this company, you saw an opportunity to leverage your marketing success. Uh, with Tacobi, which is primarily in the automotive field right now, working with a lot of car dealers, but you're working in other applications. But you had kind of a light bulb moment and said, Here, here's another interesting area, which was detailing, where yeah. I could leverage our advertising skill, which is what we do. I could sell anything doing that, but yeah. here's kind of a logical thing. You went the route of partnership, right? Yeah. You know, so you're building this company. You've got trajectory on this business. You see an opportunity. You, you have the, the, the capital to, to kind of get involved with it and use your business acumen to do it. And, and this, that was actually, yeah, that was actually one where I was on the other side of the equation where I was the investor and I relied on someone who was going to put in the sweat equity. So both ways, whether you're the investor or you're the person right. that the investor, it works both ways because that, that company we grew pretty well and it did pretty well, but it got to a point where I could not trust that, that partner that was supposed to be running the business. And it was uh, too much of a headache for me that versus what it was making. And I don't want to go into too much detail about what happened, but sure. it just got to a, a trust, a trust point because uh, it was a heavily cash business where we would handle a lot of cash. And, uh, so it goes both ways. I mean, it has to go both ways. At that, and that was my first experience as the investor who was putting trust in someone who didn't have the money to invest of what I need to be careful of next time that I do make that step. I need to be a little more careful and, and uh, do a little more background work before I make that step next time. So, so let's continue on this path here. Because what that connects to, let's break from the partnership conversation. Let's say basically for a lot of us, right, we're, we're also taught in our, in our entrepreneurship that we need, we want multiple streams of income. We want scale. So obviously some of the things you're trying to accomplish at that point are driving multiple streams of income, starting other companies, cash flow, scale. So what do yeah. you say to the people? Well, hold on. Yeah, well, let me get to the question. Let me get to the question. So w tell me what advice you have for people who, because they hear, man, $5 million company, uh, 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 you know, they we're going to do $20 million. I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to have a lifestyle and make $250,000 for myself. Do I, do I have to constantly, to be a successful entrepreneur, does it constantly have to be all of these things going on? Does it constantly have to be a, 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 a race for scale? No, no. I think that that's going to come down to the person's, uh, you know, goals in life. Uh, you got to figure out, you know, what, what are your true goals and not lie to yourself about them. A lot of people, you know, tend to scale down what they actually want uh, just because they don't see it as possible or they don't want to do the work to get there. Um, but right. once you've come to, you know, a, an understanding of what you truly want, um, I think that you could be an entrepreneur at any level, whether it's if you need five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, whatever it is, uh, you could do it to that level. But back to your thought on, you know, multiple streams of income, I kind of disagree right. with 
that to an extent um, with a lot of the other, you know, big entrepreneurs that are out there that say you have to have it because what I see happening is most of these bigger entrepreneurs, they started somewhere and they were really focused on that one uh, one thing and they found success, which gave them more time to invest in something else. But I don't think that the people that are listening to them are picking up the fact that, hey, you have to focus on something for a long period of time. Like everyone wants to get to where that uber successful person is right now. Sure. And they just throw everything into the mix, hoping something sticks. And, you know, at the right. end of the day, it's it's about focus. It's about, and that's why I haven't done anything after Lambo Steam is because I realized that it pulled my focus off of uh, where, mm-hmm. where I was going. And right. I didn't want to pull my focus yet uh, because, this, you know, Tacoby and what we're doing now requires me full time. Um, it doesn't, and I can't take any extra time to start something else and put the focus I need to put into it. Um, but as you grow and you start building your infrastructure and you start getting to where you have staff that you can rely on, then you can start going after multiple streams. But I don't think people understand that initially you need to focus on something. I don't care what it is. It will not be successful unless it gets the focus and attention that it requires. So, and, and, and that's great advice. And another question popped in my head that I'd like to get your perspective on is there's also a lot of confusion out there as it relates to what, what people should be striving for. Almost to the level of, you know, is it, is it things? Is it, you know, it, it, am I trying to get the biggest house? Am I trying to get the biggest car? Or there seems to be this, there seems to be this attitude that people aren't really entitled to their own lives. And, you know, a, a good friend of mine is in advertising. You know, he's at the airport. He's a shoe guy. So he wears custom shoes. They're very expensive. They're $1,500. Um, and that's his business. He earns the money. He can. He, so he, he is a guy sitting next to him. And the guy compliments him on his shoes. And um, somehow he gets to like what they are or, hey, you know, where, what, what, what are something like those costs? And he tells the guy, you know, well, these were probably 1500 1500 Oh, my goodness. You, you know how many investments I could get with that? Or, man, why are you wasting your money like that now? My buddy's got plenty of investments. I mean, you know, he's not he's not raiding the four hundred one k to buy yeah. his shoes, right? But it yeah. seems to be this attitude that somebody else gets to tell me whether I can buy something I want or or I need to live like a I need to live like a pauper or like you know what's what's your opinion on on this just idea of of this what you must do and the same thing. I'm going to give you a two part question and the same thing. Because you're a grinder. I mean, you live on Facebook. People can find you. You're, you're a grinder. I asked him, like, is it Jason Gardner or Jason Grinder? Should it be, right? You're, you're out there grinding, right? Living, you're yeah. living what you're talking, um, as a lot of us try to do. But is it also, do I have to be up till I can't stand anymore, till my eyes are bleeding? Is it, 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 do I have to work till I'm exhausted? Is that the only way that I can actually legitimately say I'm successful? Should I apologize because... I get up at 9 a.m., but I still make – I'm not saying me personally, but because I get up at 9 a.m. And, and I like the idea of, of working 20 or 30 hours for my $500,000. So, I mean, the first, to answer the first question, obviously everyone's going to have different things that they want out of life. That's part of the beauty of the free will that we have as human beings. And, I mean, it's not going to be the same for everyone. Some people like shoes. Some people like cars. Some people like – Shirts, some people like baseball cards, some people don't like anything. Uh, Some people like hiking, some people like nature visits. I mean, it really, life is about happiness and finding what's going to make you happy. 
believe it or not, working hard makes some people happy. Working hard right. doesn't make other people happy. It's really about finding that happiness. And uh, I do see a lot of people, you know, you know, telling people they should be saving or not be saving or this, that, or the other, you know, it, it really comes down to what is going to make you happy and being right. honest with yourself about it, which is sometimes hard because of environmental influences from, uh, from your peers. And it sometimes sure. uses us on what our true happiness is going to be because we have everyone, you know, peeping in one ear and, and, and in the other ear telling us what should make us happy so sometimes you have to separate yourself right. from that to really analyze. And I spent a lot of time by myself uh, due to life choices um, right. to be able to not have those outside influences in, you know, what's going to make me happy in life. Now, on that same note token, I can, I can tell you that me personally, um, I'm not a big saver. I believe either I'm going to invest the money, I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to buy the shoes, I'm going to... You know, I'm a, I'm a car, watch, and technology guy. Those are the things that I right, like. Right. I like cars, watches, and technology. Those are all expensive habits to, to have. Right. And me personally, I've found that I if I financially step out of the box, that mm -hmm. it will mm -hmm. force me to do the work that it takes to, to make sure that I can, can come up with that. A lot of people right. sit around and wait until they can afford it. I tend to mm -hmm. make myself afford it. But that's not going to work for everyone. That could put someone under right. some extreme stress and they, they won't right. react to it the same way that I react to it. Um, so you got to be very careful when you take someone's advice on that uh, and, and have a deep understanding of yourself and be, be very self-aware of, of who you are and, and what's going to drive you. And listen, so, so, so let me ask you now, I mean, you're in a space right now. I mean, Facebook's red hot, really the people who are making money, the people who can master that. But in your primary vertical, you know, which is automotive, um, which is also an area I have a background in, you're, you're, you're still in the convincing mode. So, you know, when I, when I started, you know, when we started our company in 2004 in that space, we were early. We were, we were super early. You know, oh, how, how are you going to – how to sell digitally and convert people online and, and do all these things, and you're pushing workshops. And it was a 10-year a, a battle to uh, just get people – and listen, we have the same – it's funny, the same conversations that we had 10 years ago with some of our clients we, we still have today, but um, – <laughs> So, so how do you how do you deal in an area where you you do have a bit? I know people like to use the term visionary, but when you do have a a twinge of visionary to you, and you have to build a business around that, how how do you deal with that? What advice would you give to somebody that you know they're not just trying to make socks or sweaters or, or a commodity, but they want it, They're coming into a market where they have to maybe make the market a little bit or educate the market and wait that out. How do you say mentally tough? through that yeah it is a pretty tough thing that you need to stay mentally tough through I mean because there's going to be failure I mean anytime you're coming up with a new process there's going to be places that need to be improved uh, you're going to have a lot of skeptics that come at you with uh, you know they're putting their little, two little words in your ear to kind of throw that shadow of a doubt into your mind um, but right. as a visionary you have to believe with nothing but faith uh, 100% faith. And I don't want to get too religious um, because the religion's on you guys. I mean, it's, I, I don't care who, what your religion is, but um, right. one thing that I changed is, uh, about two years ago that made this a lot easier for me 
is I wake up every single morning. Uh, I started getting up about an hour and a half early before the rest of the family got up. And when the house is quiet and there's not the chaos of, of life going on, uh, I spend right. some time reading. Um, I don't, I'm not a big book reader, but I read uh, motivational quotes and sayings. And I think about my day before, my day today, and I try and mm. uh, refocus myself on a, on a constant daily basis um, so that I don't lose my focus and I don't lose my faith in what it is that I'm doing um, because it is hard. It is hard to come in and, and change a thought process that has existed for uh, a long amount of time and, and also have the have, – because as you're changing – you also have to change. So when you have an idea, it's not going to be perfect. You have to convince people, hey, trust this idea, trust this idea, and then it's going to fail. And you got to make sure right. that instead of coming down on yourself that it failed, you're and, and pushing something that's failing, you got to be able to step back and say, hold on a second, why is this failing? Right. What can I right. do to change it? And that gives you the motivation to keep going. But if you just if you're stubborn and you ignore the failure, eventually you just wear yourself down. You wear every and you lose that enthusiasm that you have behind the product. Uh, but that is definitely a, a difficult thing that not a lot of people can do. But waking up early and and refocusing myself has helped with that tremendously. Um, just putting things behind and thinking how how am I going to do it differently today. How am I going to take that next step towards, you know, accomplishing what I want to accomplish? That's awesome, man. Thank you for the great advice. Tell us about some of your craziest entrepreneurship moments. I would say sometimes you have to walk away. And before I started to Kobe, I, I was in another partnership that I was unhappy in. And I'd moved my family from San Diego to Denver to come, come to this partnership. Uh, we'd left our family. We pretty much tanked our credit. Uh, they came and repossessed all of our cars. I'd, I'd walked away from one partnership into another partnership. And, um, you know, that walking away from San Diego was a tough one. And then I get here and I'm in another partnership that's an unhealthy partnership. And, mm. uh, I mean, that second one, it was really hard to walk away from. Uh, extremely hard because I'd moved the whole family here. I had my wife, my children, you know, everyone knew what we were doing and that I was chasing a dream right. and uh, having to come to the, to the reality that that dream wasn't going to end up where I wanted it to be. Um, you know, we, we had to take the risk and, and almost found ourselves homeless for it. Um, so that, I mean, that was about two years ago. And I'd say that was probably one of the most stressful and uh, hardest decisions that I made uh, in, in my life in entrepreneurship. So 24 months from zero brink of bankruptcy to five, $6 million revenue earning company with all of the future ahead of you. That's certainly a good, that, that's certainly a good end to this segment of the, uh, of the show yeah. for sure. Right. All right. We're talking about the entrepreneurship rapid fire section. It's the opportunity to get to know inside the head of our entrepreneurial guests. Are you ready, Jason, for our I rapid mean. fire questions? Let's go. All right. PC or Mac? I'm a software developer and I am a Linux developer. So I prefer, I have to have a Mac uh, to do my, perform my software development, but I do have a PC at home and I'm just a tech freak. So I do not, I try to stay away from cornering myself into, into one, one side. So <laughs> I, 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 lean just, Mac, I lean Mac, but I use both. 
you just gave the longest this is a rapid fire question by the way you just gave the the longest switzerland based answer i've ever heard to the first question but okay so i so call switzerland on okay. that one yeah exactly all right number two favorite credit card for small for for your small business american express delta baby all right are you a physical planner or a digital planner guy um i don't plan i do okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, that's a new one for the rapid fire. Favorite software to manage your business? Uh, Tacobi. Your own software. Good answer. Starbucks, Dunkin', or something else? I would say Starbucks. All right. Thank you card or thank you email? Card. Card. So you send out old school handwritten cards? Yeah, I think where we can, we should. Nice. That's nice. So you said you're not a super big reader, but when you do read, is it hardcover book, tablet, or an audio book? Uh, it would be online, so tablet. Tablet. Tell us, you might have said it earlier in the show, but what's your next big goal? Um, 100 million, baby. 100 million. There you go. And what's your deadline you've given yourself for that? I'm, I'm telling everybody, I'm putting everybody on the money. I here. already passed the deadline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get going, man. <laughs> all right he's but he's behind but he's gonna catch up <laughs> last question one day with any mentor they don't have to be famous but one day with any mentor who would that person be um i'd say my father hmm. very interesting is he no longer with us no he's with us he, we're just oh, both he very busy and he, okay. he works nonstop. but i've learned a lot from him about hard work and I mean, just being able to, if I can get a day just to go down there and actually watch him work, that would be right. just watching him, how hard he works at his age. And, uh, you know, it, it helps me get over my excuses. Right. That's pretty cool. Nice. That's the end of the rapid fire, but the show's not over yet because you know, it is time for entrepreneurship trivia. This is an opportunity for Jason to get an answer right <laughs> if he gets the entrepreneurial question answer right i'm donating 25 dollars to the charity of his choice if he gets it wrong well that means my charity's picking up another 25 dollars and i just got to tell you jason my charity's been doing very very well on the show so are you ready for the question i am ready okay today's question comes to us oh what am i gonna go with today i like this one okay good i'm gonna throw you a curveball you're real smart no no in, in what state was the credit card invented here are your options option a new york b ohio or c california uh i'm gonna go this is an absolute guess but i'm gonna go with the less than obvious answer ohio Ohio is the wrong answer. Aww. You're doing so well. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the KLM Scholarship Foundation that has just picked up yet another $25 from the show. The correct Happy answer was, the correct, and we appreciate it. The correct answer was, what was, what was your gut answer? You went contrarian, but what was your I first gut? New York. New York was the correct answer. Uh, Sometimes the obvious answer is, in fact, the obvious <laughs> answer. So, Jason, anybody wanting to get to know a little bit more about you, wanting to connect with you, kind of follow your story, get, get words of advice. I mean, you're, you're, you really lay it all out there on Facebook. And Tacoby's expanding into different markets just beyond automotive. So some of our entrepreneurs on here that, you know, maybe they're opening franchises and, you know, they're doing advertising. How could people get in touch with you? Or how would you like the to the best place? Just Jason Gerdner on Facebook, G-I-R-D-N-E-R. 
Um, I use Facebook Messenger pretty frequently, so you can you can get any advice. Just add me on Facebook. That's awesome, Jason. Thanks for joining the show today. All right, no problem. Thanks for having me, Corey. You have a great day, buddy. I'm I'm happy you're doing this. It's going to help a lot of people. And listen, we're we're really excited to do it as well. And thank you guys for listening. As always, visit fearlesswithcorey.com for more information on our blogs, podcasts, and videos. And as always, I leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and I'll see you guys next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.